Hello, fellow baseball and fancy baseball nuts, and a big warm welcome back to the best seat in the house that is behind home plate. My name's Johnny Gould. Absolute pleasure to have your company. Uh, for those of you who are regular listeners to the podcast, you'll know that I love fancy baseball, but I'm no expert, which is why I present. That's what you do. You present and you get in a pundit, you get in an expert who's lived the dream, who knows what they're talking about. And thankfully for me, I have the premiership of fancy baseball experts in the guise of Mr. James Holden. Jimbo. Dawson, hello. How are you? I'm very, very well. Busy week. Before I get into that, can I share with you the exciting lineup of episode five, season three of Behind Home Plate? That would be amazing please do <laughs> first batter up we like to use baseball terminology uh is the baseball news we're going to check in on the latest standings see what uh, impact that's having perhaps on some fancy baseball decisions uh second batter up we're going to talk mvp a little early it's only six weeks in but it is interesting to see who the early runners are and particularly interesting to see what the bookies are doing about it and the odds that are up for grabs so uh, we'll be looking at both the american and national league and batter number three as always we always stick with the same clear up hitter and that is of course the suitcase where i challenge jimbo to come up with uh, a player or two of real value on the waiver wire for those of you out there in fantasy baseball land that will hopefully help your cause now jim we've had um some feedback regarding the new theme music it hasn't all been positive if i'm brutally honest there's a few out there that are saying what was wrong with last season's theme music i can't believe that yeah i did i did see some uh I'd like to thank Rolf Daniels for the the the, the, uh, the message earlier about that. And I, yeah, I felt it needed a bit of an update. I felt it might be a little bit blast from the past. So I was trying to bring us a little bit up to date with something a bit more energetic. So uh, it's actually something called Rocket by uh, Rock It, rather than Rocket Flying the by Coma Media to give them their credit. Um, and yeah, thoroughly market researched. I did uh, ask a, a lot of people slightly younger than your venerable years, Johnny, whether it would make them want to come and listen to a podcast and absolutely universally they said yes. Um, but I'm very open to feedback, as you know. So if anybody does have any views, let us know. I think most people won't give two hoots. And um, Well, it's very interesting, isn't it? Because I, I'm not that bothered either way, if I'm brutally honest. But has it engaged me? Has it excited me? And I'll tell you, the problem I've got is that the theme tune to Channel 5 baseball back in the day was so on the money that I find it hard to imagine anything. And you could come up with something Mozart created and I'd still struggle to get enthused by it because we had the perfect theme tune. Uh, and I'm not sure we're allowed to use it. I'm assuming we're not because we're not using it. But for me, I can't move on from that. You know I'm stuck in the past. I missed a nostalgia with a capital N. We've discussed that a lot this week, haven't we? Yeah, on a number of different levels. Johnny is <laughs> Johnny is stuck in the past, but uh, anyway, I, I, I suppose yes, I'm surprised how much uh, you know interest there's been. But uh, uh, that is a good thing, I'm sure. That it's not the only thing, though. It's not the only thing that is interest being generated by this podcast. There is a there is a, a call for us to set up an Ask Jimbo segment where you are required to actually take the splinters out of your arse and get off the fence and have an opinion on something, Jimbo. This is the feedback of the people. The people have spoken, Jim. You, you know you know, I don't do that. My, my enigmatic presence on this podcast is purely 
linked to talking baseball uh, and fantasy baseball. But uh, you, you, Johnny, on the other hand, are a big sharer and live a far more interesting life than me. So yeah, we've gone. Before we get into into the baseball, what, what you must have been doing something of uh, great note for for the world. I had a I had a big week last week. I had an exhausting week. I did uh, hosted the awards, the International Arbitration Awards uh, dinner, charity dinner, which I'd never done before. So that was a thrill. Went unbelievably well. Um, top line lawyers very hard to get money out of them but managed it in the end um i then went off on the friday played in and performed at the mike tyndall future king of england golf day at the oh Belfry. Yeah, yeah you said about that, that last was, week uh, that was a lot of fun i mean that is that's brutal you, you are literally drinking on every tee playing silly games and generally acting in a rather immature fashion which is totally up my street um so that was a lot of fun and the auction was a huge success raised 152 grand for uh, uh the cure parkinson's trust um uh, mike's dad phil very sadly has parkinson's which is why mike is so dedicated to the cause but he's also a patron of the matt hampson foundation which is some uh, an organization i've worked for for many years and told you all about hambo who of course was a saxon england rugby player broke his neck in a scrum in a training session uh, is a total paraplegic and has done amazing things with his life living the mantra um get busy living or get busy dying and he's created the get busy living center that is for anybody that suffered severe disability particularly through sport but just life in general and they give people a sense of purpose and a bit and, and and take them from the despair of what they have endured to a sense that they they can live on and they can have a life and it's an amazing place he's an amazing guy just got an obe gym matt hampson for what he's done amazing, uh, oh, brilliant. amazing people like you do good things, Jonathan. So, oh, well, I work for good people, John. I'm very, very lucky. And I work with a good person on fantasy baseball as well, which is your good self. Uh, right, well, Jimbo, um, that, that was my week, and it was a busy week, but uh, this is a podcast where we're talking fantasy baseball. And, of course, we are men of the people. This is a podcast of the people, and we want the people to be involved. We are nothing, Jimbo, without the people. So unless they get in touch and get involved, uh, I sort of have no sense of purpose. So I want everybody out there, if you're listening, to email, us on behind home plate pod at gmail.com that's behind home plate pod at gmail.com or get in touch with us on twitter uh, at bhp pod that's the program twitter handle my personal handle is at johnny m gould uh, and jimbo is at jam 99 by the way one of our uh, sophomore uh, league players referenced the fact that i keep going on about how young and trendy your twitter handle is whereas in reality it's a reference a back reference to a group that were performing back in the 70s and 80s the jam the legend that is the, well, is that the reason it's jam 99 it, it's not johnny because i know this will come as a massive you know surprise to you but actually my name being james if you shorten that by two letters it becomes jam okay. so there was me I, that's what i always assumed but suddenly somebody throws in the mix the jam as though it's some sort of you know glorification of what was a very good band you're far too young to to know and appreciate obviously uh because you're probably into that rap music then garage that heavy... wasn't, it, wasn't it 90s techno that i think we, we suddenly suggested the uh the, the new intro music was which i don't think it is either but no, uh, it yeah. isn't absolutely anyway well at least we now know so what's the 99 did you like a 99 flake when you were a kid is that one it's, it's a it's a good number isn't it i, I think it's something yeah. Yeah, yeah i think by the time there's I no relevance at jam had gone so i needed some kind of okay. uh something original to put around it and you, you know, didn't jam think... one jam two and jam three i thought i won't forget jam 99 so that was... what about at jam 007 
Yeah, it's a little bit cooler. I imagine that one's gone as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, as ever, if you uh, if you are listening and you do feel like living as a five star rating or review on any platform that you subscribe and listen to us on, then that would be very much appreciated. I'm more than happy to bribe you if you think it's rubbish, but you still give us a five in return for a brown paper envelope. Uh, then just give me a call. We can sort that one out. Um, and finally, thanks to all our new listeners in recent weeks. We've been getting a steady add-on, which is absolutely fabulous as we start to really um, move in the right direction. Uh, each episode, in fact, that we've done this year, Jim, I understand our numbers and our listeners is on the rise. There is a movement out there for okay. fantasy baseball and for buying home play. I, I suddenly realised what I was saying. I thought I better be very careful here because this is going down a very dodgy cul-de-sac. Anyway, let's move it on. Move it on, Jim. Better number one, uh, baseball news. Uh, right, we're going to check out the standings, big guy. Um, and... Uh, it pains me to say this as a man who literally never has a Yankee in his fancy baseball lineup just simply because they are the damn Yankees. Uh, and like the rest of us, neutrals, they're the evil empire and we don't like them. But by Jove, they are good. 750, 27 and 9 as of today's recording. Pretty impressive, isn't it? It, it is. They're already five and a half games clear, clear of the race. But I think we're all expecting the Yankees to be good hitting. And, and, and like you, I don't love having Yankees in my lineup, but it's rare that I don't have somebody in my hitting lineup from the Yankees. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's, they're a top five offense. They've been a top five offense so far this season. The thing I wasn't necessarily expecting, the Yankees currently have the best ERA in baseball. Um, you know, you've got Garrett Cole, but you've also got, um, you know, Nestor Cortez, Nasty Nestor doing his stuff. You know, the pitching has been great. The bullpen's been really strong. There's Michael King. There's been lots of stories there. Uh, they're looking really, really good. The other thing to remember, though, the Jays, who I think both of us thought were in for a fantastic season and potentially really challenging for their ALA, AL East and and, and and on into into the playoffs. The Jays have started really slowly. That that that. that must change uh, and the Red Sox have been frankly awful I think for you know those of you who follow the Red Sox which is many of you who, who listen we know uh, have been yeah pretty quiet and uh, pretty um, upset uh, in terms of how the Red Sox are doing. You can't be too happy if you're a Rays fan I mean they've got a 22-15 record 595 I know they're five and a half games back of the Yankees but they're flying with the best record in the American League um, 595 puts them well and truly into the, the playoff spots in, in a wild card. So, I mean, the Rays are doing their stuff. Do they, do they not get the love? Because you immediately reference Boston, so that's more important. And they're rubbish. If, if it was any other team, you probably wouldn't even mention them. They are. I mean, the Rays in recent years, then we've got used to them defeating the link that the Yankees and now the Dodgers have always had between the more you spend, the you know, that, that does often result in um, on-the-field product. Uh, and the Rays have, have managed to find a formula that, that completely defeats that. So they get that they should deserve every bit of credit. Um, I suppose merely in terms of the UK, as we know, the Red Sox have got more fans than any other club uh, in the UK. So we tend to talk a lot about them. But you are right. We don't give the Rays enough credit for what they do. So you're a marketing man to the core. Because of the love of the Boston Red Sox in this part of the world, you want to just keep extending that love to keep connecting with our listenership. And I'm loving that. You're, a, you're an absolute legend on so many levels. Right, New York Yankees, uh, we've already referenced. Uh, 178 runs scored, second only to the Angels. 104 runs conceded, which is off the charts good. I mean, I agree with you. I just don't know where that's come from. Uh, but that is amazing. Well, 
let's look forward into the AL Central. Uh, we, we anticipated, I think we did anticipate a two-horse race, didn't we, between Minnesota and, and the White Sox? I, I predicted the White Sox last season. I think I may have done it again this season. But right now, um, it's almost it's yet a little bit like last season where no one really wants to win it. But Minnesota at least have a, a winning record of 568 and two and a half games ahead of Chicago. Yeah, they're the only team above, above 500 at the moment. But uh, I think actually the, the Twins pitching has been really, really strong this year. Yeah. Um, you know, you've always been a massive Joe Ryan fan. You've talked about him several times. Um, but the bats haven't really come around yet. So if, if that pitching can can keep going, if they get Buxton fit and healthy and play him often enough and a few of those other bats come in, uh, yeah, I think the Twins could run away with this, particularly given the amount of injuries the White Sox have had. Uh, on paper, the White Sox should have walked this league, but uh, they haven't yet. Buddy, I've just done an article uh, for a, um, a betting subscription company. I do a newsletter for them, and I just did one on on the whole issue of gambling and baseball. And at the end, made a few predictions and uh, you know offered a few tips. And I said that for me, one of the real values at the moment is Minnesota to win the AL Central because they've still got the White Sox as odds on to win that division, um, and Minnesota at a decent, hefty price. Which, given the start they've had, you referenced the pitching: 131 runs conceded. Uh, there's only two other teams that have conceded less and that's Houston and the Yankees so uh, I think that's that's an interesting one and Joe Ryan continues to do what I said he was going to do so I'm very happy there um, well if the AL Central is non-competitive the AL West is the exact opposite um, it's always competitive and yet suddenly Houston have given themselves a bit of a margin uh, despite the hot start by the Angels with an eight and two last 10 record yeah, it should be fun. We've talked a lot about the Angels. They've started brilliantly. They've been a really positive team. They're scoring a lot of runs. It's been really good fun. Um, but actually now Houston scored the most home runs in, in all of Major League Baseball. Um, I think the interesting question, rather than, you know, kind of how well Houston are doing, is actually what happened to the Mariners? Because we've got used to the Mariners being in the basement. They've been building. They've had this youth movement. And it, it, just, it just hasn't happened. Um, you know, they're only one game ahead of, of, of the Oakland A's and the Oakland A's sold of anything not nailed down in the in the offseason. Yeah. Um, and from what I can see, yeah, they're, they're nothing going on. What are your thoughts on Seattle then? What, what has gone wrong in Seattle? Um, I wonder whether it's a weather thing. You know, they've played, what, um, 15, 16 games at home. It's bloody cold up there. Um, and from a pitching perspective, getting a sense of feel, sense of touch. I, I, I think as it starts to warm up, their pitching will improve. I mean, they've conceded 156 runs to date. That's the worst in that division. And it's worse than pretty much every other you team. Know, you know, the, the thing I said about Seattle, they've conceded more home runs, their pitching, than any other team apart yeah. from Cincinnati. And Cincinnati, a, it's not a great team if you're a Reds fan this season. And secondly, that that you know stadium gives up an awful lot of home runs as it is. So that that for me, I mean, I agree with you. The bats are a bit cold, and maybe it will warm up. But yeah, they've got to stop giving up those home runs. Okay, well, let's move on to the National League, buddy. And we're going to start in the East, which I really don't want to do. Uh, I cannot believe we're sitting here 37, 38 games into the season. And the mighty Braves, who, for my money, if you look at the lineup, is better than it was last season, are in fourth place in the National League East. Uh, the Mets continue to run away with it. And they've already got a six-game lead on Miami and Philadelphia and a six-and-a-half-game lead on Atlanta. Uh, I mean, they are a good side. We're so used to the Mets looking good on paper and not delivering. And yet they're doing absolutely everything right, it seems. 
Yeah, I mean, the pitching's been fantastic. Even without DeGrom, they're still a top five pitching unit. Chris Bassett's been a fantastic um, trade over the winter. He's done really well. Obviously, Tyler McGill's been great. He's got his injured at the moment, but he's, he's been really strong. So that's been great. And the hitting's been steady. Uh, you know, Peter Lonzo's hitting home runs. It's not a fantastic place. It wouldn't be, you know, if you're a hitter, it wouldn't be a dream. But Francisco Lindor's an awful lot better this year than he was last year. So yeah, they're, they're doing what they need to do. They're being steady. They're not making mistakes. They're not out of sight, but certainly, you know, the Braves or the Phillies, if they really want to make an effort, or even the Marlins, who you know I think have had you know really quite high hopes this year for the first time in a long while. One of those teams needs to go on a serious sort of really hot streak for our twenty or so games in order to catch up and make it a bit more interesting. Well, interestingly, the Mets have lost five of their last ten games, so they haven't exactly been flying. But no one else is doing much else in the East either, so that's the problem. Um, also, just as an interesting observation, buddy, the bookies clearly do not think the Braves are struggling this season because they still got them at a pretty low price to win the World Series. They're still, you're not going to get more than about 10, 12 to 1, which amazes me when you see how slow their start's been. I'm surprised and, they haven't got how big... difficult it is to retain your title. I mean, it hasn't, yeah. you know, it hasn't been done for so long. So uh, Acuna's been out. The pitching has, you know, Charlie Morton seems like he's, he's, he's back to something like his best recently. Um, I think it'd be very, very difficult. I'd be, you know, I'd be very disappointed if we don't make the playoffs. But anything after that, as we know, there's a, a huge amount of uh, being hot at the right moment uh, that counts. You mentioned making the playoffs. <laughs> See, now this is an interesting point. I, I personally, if I was a gambling man, I would back Atlanta not to make the playoffs right now. And I'll tell you why. Not just because of the slow start, but they've got to beat the Mets to make the playoffs for my money. Because the NL West, which we're about to get to, is so highly competitive with three fantastic teams that are all going to be finishing over 600 at the end of the season. I, I think I struggle to see any team in the East or indeed the Central of the National League making the playoffs unless they win their division. So I'm not sure I agree with you on that one. Anyway, let's focus on the NL Central. Uh, again, a two-horse race. Milwaukee and St. Louis already early doors. The Cubs are seven back. Pittsburgh, seven and a half. And Cincinnati, thank God, not as bad of late. They've, in fact, had a winning record last 10, six and four. But we know how horrific. I think it was, what, three three wins and 22 losses. Um, but it's all about Milwaukee and St. Louis. And Milwaukee are two and a half games ahead. But I, I just like the cards, mate. I don't know why. There's something in me that I... I they just seem to know how to get it done. They do. They're a very good quality team. They've got a very strong record in the playoffs. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think Milwaukee's pitching is its great strength. And actually, some of that, I think they've still got room to improve, actually. It's been good yeah. without being absolutely sensational. Um, but, yes, yeah, St. Louis, like you say, they're just a very well-balanced team. They actually remind me of the Mets a lot in terms of how they play, uh, the expectations. They don't tend to be somewhere with massive blowouts. Um, but, yeah, good team. The other thing I would say is... Um, in terms of remember this year we've obviously got 12 teams in the playoffs rather than 10 so there is that opportunity for an extra um uh, yeah an, an, an extra an extra playoff place so I, I think you know the nl west there should be somebody from the nl east and or and or nl central in there Do you know well. what that's a very good point buddy i've forgotten about that extra that extra yeah. add-on yeah that could make a difference couldn't it Okay, well, let's look at the NL West. And, I mean, if the Yankees have been all conquering in the American League, then by Jove, I mean, how good are the Dodgers at the moment? Um, even though they had a 5-5 five and five record for their last 10, they've won their last four. I was just looking at the numbers. 198 runs scored so far this season. That's number one in the whole of the major leagues. 117 conceded. And I think only the Yankees, yes, only the Yankees have conceded less. So they've got the number one hitting stats 
and the number two pitching stats. That, that makes for a, a pretty impressive uh, CV. And yet, they're only one game ahead of San Diego and only two games ahead of San Francisco. Uh, and, and yet, didn't they lose a series in Pittsburgh last Yes, week? they did. So, so, yeah, it gives us all hope. I mean, it you know, does. Money, brilliant. I mean, that lineup one to nine is, oof, God, that's tricky. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're great. And something is going on in the water in LA, isn't it? The Angels and the Dodgers being the two teams who scored the most runs. I mean, yeah. if you want to go and see exciting baseball, that is the place to go at the moment. Isn't all it? that wacky backy, probably. Another balanced opinion from John. <laughs> <laughs> What about San Diego? I tipped them at the beginning of the season to win the NL West. I'm I'm feeling pretty good about them right now. 23 yes. and 13, 639 winning percentage. Loving that. Well, we kind of forgot. I mean, so last season, I think there was a lot of excitement about them before the season started. This season, less so. So maybe everything that could have gone right last year and went wrong, maybe the luck will turn the other way, and this will be, this year will be San Diego's turn. Um, and, and the Giants again. It was such a it's such an exciting story last last year. I mean, if if half the UK seemed to be Red Sox fan, the the other half seemed to be San Francisco Giants fans. So I think there'll be a lot of interest in the UK, certainly in, in the Giants' fortunes again this year. But that that uh, that division, it's 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 dead close. It's dead exciting. A lot of the superstars of baseball are over there on the West Coast. So, um, yeah, brilliant for baseball, brilliant for us. Terrible time of night to watch games. Uh, yes, absolutely. And I do have to make the point before we close this section out, um, because we know we've got a lot of Giants fans uh, that listen to this podcast. Um, we were genuinely surprised how good and how competitive, to the point that they actually beat the Dodgers for the pennant uh, last season. Are you surprised they're still doing it? When you consider the the, the aging lineup, uh, the loss of some real sort of marquee players, are you surprised they're still as competitive as they are right now? Maybe a little bit. I mean, you can beat up on the uh, the Cardinals to some extent, the Rockies, although both those teams, I'd argue, are doing better than maybe we were expecting. Um, but clearly, I think they're extremely well managed. They're extremely well run as a team, and they get the best out of every player they have. Yeah. Um, we'll talk, you know, they get you know, an awful lot of, sort of pitching reclamation projects. It's, it's, it seems to be a very well, well run ball club. So, yeah, not entirely surprised. On paper, the Dodgers are an awful lot better. And I would argue the Padres are a, a better team on, on paper, too. But um, never, ever bet against the Giants. I think mean, that's one thing we've learned in recent years. And we should point out the Padres are doing what they're doing without Tatis Jr., who obviously hasn't even started this season. And the other thing, from a fantasy baseball perspective, uh, there may well be a few San Francisco hitters on your waiver wire. Bear this in mind, they've hit 186 runs already this season, which is one of the best records in baseball. And they're about to start a series with Colorado in Colorado. Might be worth looking at. Okay, let's move it on. Batter number two, we're going to talk MVP. Uh, one of my favourite topics, to be honest, Jimbo. So, um, well, first of all, we're going to look at the MVP from a the perspective of Razzball player rater, and then we'll look at the bookie odds, because they don't completely match up. So, um, first, Razzball, Jim. Yeah, so Razzball is uh, a, a superb site for baseball and fantasy baseball news. They do uh, what they call a player rater, which is a ranks players in terms of the, the, the amount of fantasy value they've delivered so far this season. And I just think it makes for quite interesting reading if you're kind of to award the MVP for the 22 2022 season thus far 
who would be the MVP. And according to them, number one, the player rater is Aaron Judge. And that's why we're having this section, really, because I know you and I probably have slightly different views on Aaron Judge. But uh, Aaron Judge, with his 30 runs, 14 home runs, 30 RBIs this season, he's number one, followed by Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, Justin Verlander and Shohei Otani. So that's the top five. Uh, I've got the top 20 here and we can talk about some of those. But yeah, any, any thoughts, JG? Are you surprised to find Judge at number one or any of the others in the top five? Um, no, I mean, because presumably Rasville player raters based on what they've just done and, and he's had a phenomenal start to the season, as you rightly point out, you know, top of the home run pile and doing fantastic for your numbers, if your runs, your RBIs. Does that then translate to an MVP award? I mean, here we are, what, 35 games into a 162 game regular season. Do I believe that Judge is going to survive anything like the vast majority of games to make that 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 you know to 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 push through on his MVP credentials? I just don't. From previous seasons, he's so injury prone. He's getting older and older. He ain't getting any younger. I just don't see him having a full season to uh, to sort of really maximise those numbers. So would I be backing him at those odds? No way. So for you, it's more about health than it is about talent. No, it's not more about health, but it is a factor that you've got to take into account. So I'm looking at players of a certain age. I mean, I think Jose Ramirez, who's what, 29? Perfect age. You know, he's. we know how good he is. Uh, he's, he's at an age where he's pretty much in his physical prime. Uh, he's had pretty much healthy seasons of late. I, I, I would be more inclined towards, and you get much better rods as well for someone like him. Um, but that, that, that's just my view on that one. I mean, I'm, you know, buddy, it's so early days. Did you expect Taylor Ward to be ranked six? Yeah, no, I think I think it's fantastic. Um, it's it's yeah. It's into, I, I suppose I have a different view. I, I think Aaron Judge has the capacity in terms of players. You can just come in and absolutely take a team by the scruff of the neck and drag them to to, to whether it's ALE's glory or fantasy glory. I think yeah. Judge can be that person. And we do talk about players outside the top ten who have the capacity to come in. And Judge has always been. I agree with you. He's never remained healthy um, long enough to, to to do it. But um, in terms of a player who actually yeah can offer that kind of value. Judge could easily hit 60 home runs in a season. I, I genuinely think that. So if he can stay... stay well, we know that, that... I think he's... I, I don't know for sure what his top numbers are, but he has done 50-plus, hasn't he, in a previous season, I Judge. So we, we know that he has that in his locker. But then so's Pete Alonso, and he's having the best season since his rookie season this year. Yeah. So could he crack the 50 title? And he's younger and healthier. Yeah, true. Um, fair enough. Um, uh, another one. Uh, talking about, you know, you talk about uh, people getting older then. Justin Verlander. <laughs> Mate, I, I, do you know what? He defies logic, this man. I, I'm now almost coming round to the idea that he's going to win the National League Cy Young. Okay, so he at age, I don't know what he is, 38 or whatever, but I, I agree. I mean, it's, it's like five wins already, a 1.38 ERA, 0.68 whip. Uh, if you're Houston, yeah, I mean, how... Sorry, American League, that? I should say, not National yeah, League, American, American League. League, yeah. He has been phenomenal, and he is somebody I have nowhere. He was somebody I was actively avoiding. I didn't think he'd stay healthy. I agree, I, didn't think I agree. Able to get it back. I mean, I know people come back from, uh, um, you know, Tommy John surgery and do really well, but I never saw this coming to this extent. So uh, hats off to anybody who did draft him. Uh, they're obviously a lot better at fantasy baseball than me. So, yeah, good, good on him. Um, uh, and the other person I suppose we should just quickly talk about, Manny Machado, who I know is one of your absolute favourites. Yes. I mean, he started on fire for San Diego. Is that going to continue? 
Well, it hasn't in the last week. Um, yeah, he did start on fire. I even saw a couple of uh, podcasts of people saying he's he's a top 10 player again, you know, which is not something anybody was saying at the beginning of the season. He's gone a bit cold in the last couple of days, um, certainly in the last week. But, he, I mean, it's still a great start to the season. He plays for a, you know, he plays for a good side who are going to be competitive, going to score a lot of runs. I mean, I like him because he's still a 5 tool player. Um, yeah. You know, he's got power, but he but he steals. I think he's got six stolen bases already. You have so, such high expectations, you know, and Manny's gone a bit quiet. And yeah, exactly. He's been the third most valuable <laughs> player in fantasy. Um, yeah, but that's well, over the whole season, not over the last five <laughs> days or six days. But yeah, no, no, I'm a demanding manager. I'm a demanding. I'll tell you what I'm excited about, because he's in my big team, as you know, because I've got four different teams, but this is the league that is perhaps the most competitive one that I'm in. But I've got uh, Kyle Tucker. Um, and he had a bit of a cold, slow start, but he's starting to really roar. And I've, I've got high hopes for young Carl. I agree. We'll talk about him in the betting, but to me, he's somebody I've, I've got him in, I think, three or four different leagues. I love him. Was a yeah, massive fan of his before this season. Um, I think he's, he's, he's absolutely superb. And he has a little bit awkward. I think anybody who did manage to buy low or trade for him in April will be absolutely uh, cruising their way through an awful lot of through, through that league for the rest of the year. Um, another player you've got, just to pick out a couple of ones very quickly, we'll come back to this in, in, in future weeks. And I'm very conscious we haven't talked about Shahir Atani because we've talked about him so much, but to, you know he's obviously awesome. He's a top five. Um, to talk to me a little bit, Tommy Edmund, who you've got in several leagues, and Jazz Chisholm, because they're two quite similar players, very steel-dependent National League specialists, and it does feel that both those two have really broken through into the big time or will be kind of perennial top 30 or 40 players. If we talk fantasy, Jim, these are players that I look at because of things you've told me down the last couple of seasons. For instance, one, they steal. They, they've they've got that fifth tool, which is so valuable. And and stolen bases, are, it seems to me over the last couple of seasons, have become much, much more valuable than they were before because they've been that much more difficult to get your hands on. Um, so that's the first thing. Secondly, I remember you talking about players that play for good teams that are going to score, you know, good runs. Uh, and they, they bat in a, a position in the order that affords them the opportunity to play well and score well. And so you've got players either batting clean up or batting at the top of the order, etc. are things to focus on. And that's that's why I looked at these players. And this is all, you know, your tuition down the years. And if you can add into that mix a player that has the ability to hit home runs, because Jazz Chisholm, you don't imagine he's going to be a big power hitter. And yet he's got six home runs this season already. So he has got that talent. Um, and, and obviously that, that's why I looked at those players. That's why I picked them up in, you know, certainly in a couple of my leagues. I was, I was very happy. And I tell you the one thing I'm doing literally across the board, considering that most of my teams are stinking the place up. I'm scoring well in stolen bases in virtually every single league I'm in. Good job. Good job. And the other thing I just was about Chisholm, and I think you're completely right about lineup. You know my belief that you should always have players in the top five in the lineup and try not to get them. But Jazz Chisholm started the season in ninth in the lineup, but he actually hit so well he's ended up first. And again, Edmund is leading off for St. Louis, which I think is less of a surprise. I, I do think this is a proper breakout for Edmund. And Chisholm, I think that the fans of Chisholm, he was available, a fantastic value in so many fantasy leagues. I think people weren't sure. They were worried he'd be at the bottom of the lineup, worried he wouldn't play every day. Yeah. And he's completely confounded everybody so uh, uh, hats off to him and I know that there are many uh, well-known Marlins fans listening to this who are who are, who are big fans of Chisholm so yeah and good. he's fun to watch isn't he Jim? He, you Absolutely. know, he's another like Tatis Jr. I enjoy watching him play baseball he's a character and, and he makes things happen he, he creates that buzz 
he does. No, I totally agree. Um, so, so, so that's kind of who's actually doing the business. But you, as uh, Mr. Betting, then go on. So at the bookies, uh, what is going down at the bookies? Well, this is courtesy of uh, sportsbettingdime.com. So this is where the numbers have come from. Um, but in the National League, um, for instance, your favourite for the National League MVP award is, is Manny Mercado at seven to two against. Now, I, I'm a man who's always looking for value. There, there's no value in that. So even with the season start he's had, there's no value in seven to two this early in the season. So you've got to be looking surely at big names, at players that we know, as long as they stay healthy, will be in contention that are going to give you much better odds. The Harpers of this world, the Sotos, both of whom you can get at nine to one. Um, and one that I know you wanted to pick up on was Trey Turner, who... Um, who right now you could get at 30 to one to be the National League MVP. I don't, yeah, I'm shocked. That, I mean, maybe I'm blinded by his fantasy value. Maybe that doesn't come out in, in, in real baseball, but I don't think so. I, I just think, you know, playing in that offense, yeah, playing where he does in that lineup, you know, he's often sort of third in the lineup and stuff. You know, he's a fantastic player in the optimum position in the best lineup in baseball. How Trey Turner can still be available at 30 to one. I just find phenomenal. Again, he's another one who struggles to get through 162 games and stay fit regularly. But um, yeah, if, if I was looking for somebody where there was opportunity, Troy Turner would be where it was at um, in terms of the National League. Um, what about the American League then? Because I think that's a bit more, um, I don't know, closely fought. Well, it is, but it's very much going on reputation. Um, I mean, at the moment, Otani and Trout are dominating big time. Otani 5-2 against, Trout 9-2 against. Again, I, I, there's no value there. I, I don't see the point. Um, Judge is six to one, which at least that's a little bit of value, particularly given how well he started. Um, Vlad, who hasn't started as well as we, I think, would have expected, is 15 to two, uh, fourth favourite. And then you start getting around the sort of double figures. You get Buxton at 12 to one, who's a great player and has had a really good start, but we all know is a massive injury concern. Um, so again, will he have a full enough season to be even in contention? So again, I'm, I'd be looking for value. And I think you have tapped up the ultimate value bet this season. Yeah, I don't. I, I can't believe this. But according to this on, on sportsbettingdime.com, Kyle Tucker is available at 100 to 1. Uh, yeah, after a whole host of perfectly good but not outstanding starting pitches. And I do not understand that. You know, I know he was quiet for the first month of the season, but, you know, to me, he's still an enormous buy low. If anyone is trading you, somebody who is not a top 10 player for Carl Tucker, bite their hand off. He's an amazing player, amazing for fancy, amazing for reality. The Astros are flying. He's flying. Uh, Carl Tucker, I'm, I'm sure one of these days, one of these years will win the MVP. Uh, I still think it'd be pretty tough to beat Otani this year given Otani's skills on both sides of the ball. Well, I'm afraid, Jim, if you make any kind of offer for Carl Tucker, you'll get short shrift from me. I'm not trading my boy away for anyone or any any to any player. Right, let's move it on. Better number three is the suitcase. This is when you start to earn your fee, young man. Uh, a reminder to our listeners, this is where we ask Jim to find us a player that is rostered in 20% or less of an average ESPN league, i.e. somebody's predominantly sitting on your waiver wire um so we asked the obvious question who are you packing this week see that suitcase reference you like that jim um and just before you tell me by the way you are becoming a jinx 
I mean, I think it was two weeks ago, it was Chris Paddock you re recommended, who hit the IL. Last week, poor old Jake uh, uh, Odorisi, who I'd already picked up before you even put him in the suitcase, he's now gone on the IL. I mean, are you getting contacted by MLB pitchers saying, don't pick us, Jim, please, whatever you do, sir, don't put us in the suitcase? It, it, it does feel a bit like that, doesn't it? Yeah, I'd like to apologise in advance for the uh, three people that I am putting in this week and their teams and their fancy managers. But uh, if we'll get loads of fancy goodness in the suitcase this week, so quickly, hitters, your priority pickup, if nobody has, I find it unlikely they haven't. Alec Thomas of Arizona, he's a, he's a great rookie. He's been ready to come up uh, for a while. He, he's been promoted by the uh, Diamondbacks. He's got two home runs this week. He's hitting the ball really well. Uh, he's doing great. So that's all really good. Another um, a Diamondback, much less uh, rostered, Christian Walker, who we talked about a couple of weeks ago. He is red, red hot. Three home runs this week. I'm not sure that's going to continue uh, forever. But, you know, two or three years ago, he was a top 100 player easily for that season and then went pretty cold. So maybe maybe he's back. A couple of hot bats in Cincinnati on a short term. Mike Moustakas, famous name. Uh, another one who's uh, not surviving Johnny's age curve. But Cincinnati is, is a is a place where an awful lot of home runs are scored. And Mike Moustakis is, is scoring several of them at the moment. And his teammate, Tyler Naquin, is, is hot as well. If you're in a league, he's almost certainly on the wire. Uh, and then if you're in a deep, deep league, uh, have a look or just keep an eye really on Vidal Brujan, second base outfield eligible at Tampa Bay Rays. He is somebody who steals bases for fun. Uh, he seems to be really struggling to hit major league pitching. This isn't the first time he's been brought up. He's been brought up several times. But with Brandon Lowe, is it Brandon Lau, Lau or Brandon Lau? I can never remember. Which I always say Lau, but I don't I know. I reckon that one's Brandon Lau, yeah. Uh, with Brandon Lau on the uh, injured list for the foreseeable future, Bruhan is likely to get an awful lot of playing time. And if he can finally learn to hit the ball uh, in the majors, he will steal a lot of bases. Well, I, I know that's going to go well down with Ed in our sophomore league because he actually asked only today, get me some stolen bases in the suitcase, please, James. So there you have it, Ed. We uh, no sooner asked than delivered. What about pitchers, Jim? Uh, pitchers. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so three people who will be on the injured list this time next week. Uh, so I'm going to give you Wade Miley, Chicago Cubs. He was great last year, something as a surprise, but actually this week back off the injured list, hasn't played all season. The first full start, seven innings pitch, no earned runs and the win. So yeah, you've got to look at Wade Miley, only about 7% rostered. Uh, Zach Eflin, you know, I like at Philadelphia. He looked really good. His next matchup's not that great. So again, it might be somebody you kind of look up for matchups and Jake Junis of San Francisco. Francisco, really good team, and it looks like he'll be in the uh, starting five for the foreseeable future uh, with the news that uh, Anthony Desclafani will be remaining on the injured list for the foreseeable future. Uh, I think I'm right in saying that that is the third week on the bounce. You've mentioned Zach Elfin in your pitching suitcase. Uh, clearly, uh, yeah, no one maybe... is picking him up. <laughs> <laughs> he pitched great. Was it last night? Yeah, I think last night yeah. he was on, or Monday night. He pitched great. So, I keep I looking at him, buddy, and the only reason I don't pick him up is he doesn't strike out a lot. His, his strike his strike numbers aren't great, and that's that's what's holding me back because I need strikeouts. I need strikeouts. That's right. He's available. You know, that's the key. These are players who will be available in your league, and the key is to pick them up when they've got decent matchups and stuff. So yeah. Okay. So you if you're streaming. Okay, we've got another yeah. question for you, and this is a good one. This is from Martin Downs. Thank you for this, Martin. He says, Should I sit mid-tier pitchers scheduled to start against top tier teams? 
It, it, well, it depends. I mean, I think that's exactly a question for Zach Eflin. So, yeah, Zach Eflin this week, I can't remember who he's had a fairly easy matchup. So, yeah, I did start him there. Next time he's got a much trickier matchup, I'd think about it. The key, really, it depends on the size of your league uh, and whether you're protecting a lead, uh, uh, protecting a lead in a table or not. So, if you're in a 20 team league, absolutely, you're starting Zach Eflin every time. If you're in a 10 team league, uh, you, you might you're probably on a waiver wire and you just pick him up for an easy game. If he's in a 12-team league, yeah, you're probably playing for two-thirds of your games, but, but sit him for a third. And the other key, if you're at the top of your league, to me, I would be protecting my ratios and absolutely benching him if I thought there was any threat to my ratios. If I'm further down the league and I'm going, this is the month, May is such a crucial month in fantasy baseball, well, I've really got to try to make a leap, uh, then absolutely, I'm playing Eflin in every game, hoping to vulture some wins and, and see what I can. So it depends very much on your situation. But mid-tier pitches, yeah, absolutely. I would be, somebody like that, I would be pitching probably 70% of the time and on my bench 30% of the time. Well, I, I have to say that I did uh, I did sit, um, is it Young Kelly that pitches for Arizona because he was up against the Dodgers and he's pitched really well this season. But I sat him out. Thank God I did. He got absolutely caned two innings. Um, you know, I think it was about seven runs or something ridiculous. So for once, I made the right decision. I, you know, my problem though, Jim, I, I, if he's in my team, I want to play him. I want to play him. I don't want to sit him on a bench. You I'm... are a team player, aren't you, JG? You want everybody to get a chance. Everybody... <laughs> oh that's great that's great right do you want some closers yes please if you got any yeah go on, let's bang through so uh rowan wick uh, i think we mentioned him last week uh, we as long as, long as Ro david robertson's out rowan wick is the chicago cubs closer he's got three saves since we recommended him last week and he's only rostered nine percent of leagues that seems a waste to me uh emilio pagan is the minnesota closer i i, I prefer yoan duran in that in that pen but but pagan seems to be getting the, the saves uh, and, and if you're in a very, 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 very deep league, Alexis Diaz of Cincinnati got the save um, early this week. Uh, and uh, compared to everybody else in that pen, uh, his uh, stats are, are a sensational. No saves, though, playing for the Reds this year. And right. am I right in saying that he's the brother of Edwin Diaz, the, the Mets closer? He is indeed. So, yeah, I hadn't heard him at all before this season. I had no idea that Edwin had a brother. But, yeah, he seems to be... Um, yeah, not only his brother, but also to have inherited some of his abilities on strikeout and uh, limiting um, hits and walks. So, uh, yeah, good luck to Alexis. It seems to be happening in world sport where brothers or family members are appearing in the ranks. It's happening in the, in, uh, the Gallagher Premiership of Rugby. There's all sorts of players. A couple of players that have just been um, scheduled to train with England. Um, one of them's uh, John and Joseph's brother. The other one is, uh, what's his name? Um, the wasp flanker, his brother, and you've got Tom Curry, his brother. It's amazing. Okay. Brothers everywhere, mate. Brothers everywhere. It's trouble for me. It's, both my brothers were useless at sport. So, you know, I didn't have that. Anyway, move on. I say that with tongue in cheek, by the way. My middle brother, Jeremy, was selected to play for England schoolboys rugby. He was unbelievably good. Batter number I'll, three. I'll give, you, I'll give you this, Johnny. Yeah. I, do, I do have a brother. And is he any good at sport? I'll probably. Um, yeah, he was. He was quite good. Is he handsome? Is he witty? Is he intelligent? Are you, are you sound like you're looking for a partner? <laughs> no, I just wondered if he's a, he's a couple of years of younger than me, so he's, he's definitely too young for you, Johnny. I think, I think you chat to Louise about this. I think, you know. <laughs> There was me trying to set up a anti-Jimbo joke, and you just completely <laughs> took it away from me. That was very good, mate. Well done. 15 all. Let's move on. Um, okay, we've done the suitcase. Thank you for that, Jim. Uh, have you got Hail Mary for me? Have we got time for that very quickly? 
We have. I'm really pleased with this one because I think it's actually a good one. So I've been struggling this season. So rostered less than 1% of the leagues. Eli White of Texas. He's an outfielder. He's just okay. started leading off and he's already got eight stolen bases so far this season. And he's rostered in just 1% of ESPN leagues. Eli White. Well, I'm actually on some of my teams as we speak. I may have a quick look. And that's of Texas, is it? Okay. I may have a quick look at it. I think I need an outfielder. Ooh. Okay. Young Eli may be coming my way. Okay. We're literally here recording a podcast and Johnny's <laughs> disappeared off the screen to pick somebody up in one of his teams. It's completely true. Well, I just want to see if he's available. You said he's, he's you know, on average, only 1% roster. Just be my luck. Who's he played for, did you say? Texas. 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 Okay, well, just be my luck. I eventually get in. And, and, well, there, uh, there, there was a bidding war for him yesterday in the auction league where anybody could have him for free on, on, on Monday on Tuesday, there was a bidding war with, um, yeah, some sizable sums went down for him. Right. Should right. we, uh, should we well, finish Well, he's not available. He's, on the first league I've looked at, he's not available. And that's the right. sophomore league. So there you go. We've educated them too well. Somebody's I, already picked him up. He, he went at lunchtime there. Did he? Yeah. I'm going to have to have words. Okay. Um, let's move on to the close of the podcast because this is, I think, officially the longest podcast in the history of Behind Home Play in three seasons. Um, massive thanks, as always, to everybody listening. We do want to hear from you, though, guys. So do email us, behindhomeplatepod at gmail.com. A quick reminder of the Twitter handles, at bhppod and uh, at Johnny M. Gould and at jam 99 Jim, thank you for taking time out, as always. Fabulous to company, mate. My pleasure. Anything good happening this weekend to look we forward to? Many things, Johnny. Many, many, many that you're not willing to share. <laughs> that splinter is well and truly entrenched and it's not coming out, is it? <laughs> That's it, bro. He's not saying anything. He's just leaving me to it. He's probably even switched off. Uh, hopefully you haven't switched off. You've been listening to Behind Home Plate, which is, quite frankly, the best seat in the house if fantasy baseball is your thing. My name's Johnny Gould. Jimbo is the legend of fantasy baseball. We look forward to having your company same time next week. Behind Home Plate. Take good care and have a great week.